It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on all things Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Wes Goldberg, Warriors writer for the Mercury News here with Charles Hamilton. Lots of great stuff for us to get to today. Charles and I are going to talk about a few free agent targets that the Warriors should look at and check the Twitter polls later on. But first, Charles, I wanted to get your thoughts on these Warriors classic game replays that are happening on NBC Sports. Uh, Have you been watching them, and are you a fan of replaying old games in general? Uh... The circumstances are different. Yes, I've been watching them. Um, in general, no, not especially, but considering, you know, the place where we are, where there is no sports on, it's fun to go back and see them. And considering, you know, league pass, it's tough to go all the way back to actually watch these games and stuff. It's it's fun to see. Like, I have that, that uh, Thunder game where Steph, you know, hit the 40-footer uh, to win, in my opinion, is one of the well, not one of, it's the best regular season game ever um, hmm. because of all the drama that went with it. Draymond, people forget, you know, Russell Westbrook drop kicked Steph in the ankle, not on, not intentionally, at least I didn't think so. But, you know, it, it looked like Steph was not only out for that game, but you obviously think the worst when Steph goes down with an ankle, comes back and, you know, they win that game. And Andre knocking down the free throws at the end of regulation, I think KD fouled out in overtime. Like, I think that's one of the best games ever. So I am always down to watch that. It's cool to see Clay go for 37 and a quarter and 60. And it uh, it did kind of, I won't say hurt because it was an awesome time, but watching, what was it, game five of the 17 finals, mm-hmm. and, you know, seeing KD and David West and all the, the old yeah. Warriors, it uh, – it was cool to relive, but at the same time, it's a reminder that like Kevin Durant's no longer a warrior, and uh, that hurts. It's jarring kind of to watch these games, right, when Steph and Clay and Kevin Durant and Andre Iguodala and all those guys are out there, and it's just it's that beautiful basketball that Warriors fans were accustomed to watching, and you juxtapose that with this season where it was yeah. maybe some of the worst basketball I've ever had to watch in person mm-hmm. uh, or on TV, regardless, doesn't matter. Just some of the worst basketball I've ever had to watch. Uh, it, it's pretty crazy just the drop off in just quality of basketball. One thing I wanted, I would like to see them. I would like to see them air the 2016 finals. And I know that that's, they, they're, they're doing all these classic games from the finals that they won. And I understand why they are avoiding the 2016 series, but that was the 73 win team. That was a yeah. really, really good team. That was the team right before Kevin Durant uh, signed with the Warriors. I know they they lost their three one lead in the finals to the Cavaliers, but those were great games. And I yeah. I think that they should they shouldn't fear away from broadcasting those because the basketball itself was awesome. I mean, even in the game seven, I said this on an earlier uh, episode this week, but. I want to get your thoughts on it because like that game seven was maybe Draymond Green's greatest game ever played Mm -hmm. granted that Mm -hmm. they lost. And 
I, I don't know that Warriors fans, like, I, I think they would enjoy watching those games, understanding what the outcome was. Like, we all know what happens at the end. We all know that they won uh, uh, two more championships after that. But it doesn't, I don't think it would be necessarily, like, I don't think it would hurt to watch those games. I think it would actually be a lot more fun to relive those games and maybe come away with a better feeling um, from what was a disappointing season despite having won 73 games. Yeah, I probably wouldn't watch them to be honest. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm wrong. No, I might be wrong. Yeah. No, I no, but I I do uh, agree with you about the basketball and Draymond Green that was a Draymond Green moment where you were you know, he can shoot even though he did that was his one good year, but you know, the guy can shoot under 30% for the season. And then in a game seven go, you know, what was he five of six or five, seven, three, whatever he was, 32 points, all that. Um, I do think, though, that that game seven, besides Draymond and then besides the last, you know, minute, two minutes or so, wasn't a great game. Um, But I was also going to say when you started talking about these classic games, NBA TV is actually replaying five and seven from that series. Um, So, you know, if Warriors fans do want to check that out. They are both losses, spoiler alert, but... Uh, but you're they, not going to watch are, them. I'm not. Not me. No, I... Because look, they lost. Yeah. Uh, yeah, most likely, you know? Okay. I, that's just me. I'd rather watch okay. uh, the Christmas game from this year where they beat the Rockets. Wow. Um, <laughs> See, this is the problem when... Because I'm not a Warriors fan. I didn't grow up a yeah. Warriors fan. Um, so I don't, like, have that sort of emotional connection to it. But I guess, like... If they were to replay, I heat mean, I, I was trying to, yeah, Heat Mavs, but like, even like those were like lousy, like LeBron didn't play well. So what fun is it in watching that game? Unless you're a yeah. LeBron hater, I guess. But like, I was even trying to think of like the 2014 Heat Spurs series, but that was like the Spurs wiped the floor with them. Yeah. Um, so I don't really have a reference point for, for any of that. I just, I thought that those series were so fun and that like, to me, I just feel like that 73-win season is such a disappointment because they didn't win the championship. And guys like Steve Kerr have said often that he loves that team and he thinks that that's the best team that they've had um, one of the, and one of the best teams in NBA – not the best team that they had that was the next year with Kevin Durant, but still one of the best teams in NBA history despite them not winning the NBA Finals. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like Warriors fans view the team the same way. Oh, I do. I, I think it's one of the best teams – I mean, look, the regular season record speaks for itself. The fact that they came back 3-1 against the Thunder, uh, the fact that they were up 3-1 against Cleveland. Like, that's the other thing. It's not as if, you know, they lost in a gentleman sweep to Cleveland. Like, they were one win away from completing the the goal, and they just couldn't close it out. And, you know, Draymond, Bogut's uh, injury. You know, I think Festus was injured during that series, too. And, you know, LeBron was just getting to the hoop at will. Um, but no, I trust me. I, I look at that team as one of the best ever. And the just, it sucks. They didn't win the championship because that's something that's always going to be held against them. But again, it was just one game away, a couple shots away in game seven. And, uh, they just couldn't close it out. It's too bad. But anyone that really wants to rip them or say that it means nothing, it doesn't mean nothing. It just means a little less mm-hmm. than if they won the championship because they still are, you know, the best regular season record of all time. Before we get out of the segment, let's say happy anniversary to the 2016 Warriors who on this day when Steph Curry made a three-pointer against the Trailblazers,
became the first team in NBA history to make 1,000 three-pointers in a single season. Now, since then, 13 other teams have reached that milestone. Uh, but the, uh, the Warriors were the first team to break the, the, you know, the, the, the milestone there. The Mavericks, interestingly enough, were the only team this season to make 1,000 threes. Charles, is that surprising, even given the hiatus? Because there's only 17 games left, uh, give or take. I mean, surprising. I, you know, I just don't have the numbers in front. Like, were other teams on pace to do it? Or were there only yeah. going to be a couple teams that did it? So since I don't know, if if it did end up being, you know, two or three teams, I'd be a little surprised. But the fact is, you know, Steph was out this. Steph and Clay were out this year. So that's at least 500 threes for one team. Um, and as far as that team goes, that you know, the first one to break 1,000, I think Steph, that was his 400 year where he knocked down mm-hmm. over four of the unanimous MVP. So when you guy ha- have a guy who makes, you know, 40% of your team's threes, that helps Clay. That might have been one of the best shooting teams they've had, at least throughout the roster, where you have most spates. He started shooting threes that year. Uh, Barbosa was a 35% shooter. Uh, Harrison Barnes, et cetera. You know, they, they had some shooters or more shooters than they've had, I think, in the KD era. KD is just obviously a lot. Uh, you know, more elite of a shooter than the guys I mentioned. Yeah, I should have kind of brought some of these numbers up before I asked you that question. But I, last year, there were eight teams who made yeah. more than a thousand three pointers in a season, and most of which made more than the Warriors did the year that they broke that record. Actually, since the Warriors made the thousand threes in that season, they've only done it one other time last year. Mm. Um, in, you know, the three years since then. Four, three and a half. I don't know. However, you want to count this this last truncated season. Yeah, but, really. Um, I mean, last year you look at teams like uh, like Milwaukee Bucks when their star player was Giannis made more three pointers as a team than the Warriors did that year when yeah. Steph Curry made more than four hundred. Right. So I mean, and then obviously the, the Houston Rockets have been a part of every single year since the Warriors broke that record. They've been just breaking that record um, yeah. every single year. They've been breaking their own record. It is now their record. Uh, they The most they made was last year. They made 1,323 threes. So um, that's just going uh, to keep going in that direction, I think. Um, coming up next, we'll take a look at a few free agents the Warriors should target. This is Locked on Warriors. Sports have come to a screeching halt with basketball benched and pitchers off the mound, but our friends at MyBookie aren't going to let it get you down. Stay sane and stay entertained with access to our favorite games like blackjack, roulette, slots, war, and more. It doesn't matter whether you're out on the front lines or quarantined at home. The fun doesn't have to come to an end with MyBookie. Video poker not your thing but still need a fix? They've got you covered with a host of live casino dealers online. That's right, they have professional dealers at their tables live on site 24-7. Your favorite squad sideline because of the pandemic? Don't even sweat it. MyBookie has partnered with some of the leading esports brands to bring you your wagers on virtual action straight from the court in NBA 2K20. Plus, you can always do your part to make your bankroll great again by taking advantage of shifting odds on political bets. You can trust the industry leaders in times like these. They're they're reliable, upright, and best of all, they pay fast when you win. Visit mybookie.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA for a 150% bonus on your first casino deposit. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to receive a 150% cash bonus on your first deposit. And you can claim those extra funds all the way up to $750. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA. You spin, you win, you get paid. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. 
So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, we're going to start a new segment every week when Charles comes on. He's going to bring with him two names of potential free agent targets, and then we'll discuss which one of those players would be a better fit for the Warriors. So, Charles, who do you have for us this week? So I'm going to break it down uh, somewhat position, but more kind of skill. So point guard slash ball handler today. And the thing is, we I, I'm being realistic about it. Um, you know, I, I yes, it would be great if they could get, you know, every big name out there. But let's be realistic. They're not going to and probably won't get any, you know, real big names. So when it comes to guys they could actually get, I broke it down uh, to who I'd like. Some people might like some of the older players like DJ Augustine or like Rajon Rondo, who both I'm kind of out on. Nothing against DJ Augustine, just except his size. Um, He's just small, and I know the Warriors would prefer a bigger, um, bigger player just because, you know, defensive ability. I was thinking of Chris Dunn, but then I had to X him out just because of his injury history. But you never know, you know, the way they resuscitate a guy's careers like JaVale and uh, Marquise Chris, maybe they'd look at it. But the two names that I'm going with are Evan Turner and then Warriors fans might hate this, but it, you have to look at him as an option and it's Matthew Della Vadova. Um, Delhi wasn't great this last year. The the Cavs were going in a different direction uh, as far as playing time and everything. He is a just under 37% three-point shooter in his career, which to me, as you all know, is very attractive uh, as far as a play, any player is concerned. Um, I think he's overrated defensively, but can still play some defense. And then as far as Evan Turner's c- concerned, you know, he's 6'6", he's got good size, cannot shoot the three for the life of him. Um, but could he be a Sean Livingston 2.0? I mean, Sean Livingston, I, I think he's made less than 10 threes in his career and was a vital part of three championship teams. So mm-hmm. those are the two names that I have. Um, I mean, what do you think? Do you have anyone else in mind or would, would you be happy with one or two of these guys or one of these two guys? I, I like the Evan Turner fit a lot. And I think mm-hmm. spe- specifically, because if you can get him in the minimum, he's going to be 32 next year. So he's probably a little bit older than the, what the Warriors are looking for. But again, if you can get him at the minimum, you sort of, you sort of just deal with that. And I like the Sean Livingston comparison. He's got a little bit of that to his game, sort of something in between Livingston and Andre Godala. I mean, he is a guy who could guard three positions for you. Yep. Um, he is a great locker room guy by all accounts. Anybody who's ever played yeah. with him loves playing with him. And there's a reason he is still in the league, right? It's not because he was a second pick in, in the 2010 draft. It's because he is just genuinely liked uh, in every locker room he's been in. He was with Atlanta this last year. He made uh, no three-pointers all season long, <laughs> but he uh, he does shoot – he shoots like 78% from the free throw line for his career. So I don't, I, I don't think that he can't make threes. I mean, he's about a 30% shooter for his career. And if you give him a little bit more space, I think he could probably do it more, um, even though he's never really been a volume three-point shooter. But good assist guy, doesn't turn the ball over a ton. He can get you some rebounds. He's a good effort guy. He's a smart player. You look at that year in Boston that he had, and this is you know basically half a decade ago now. But when he was the backup point guard for them, 
Uh, he was really effective, I thought, yeah. in that role. Yeah. I think it was Brad Stevens' first or second year. He was really, really effective in that role. And I, he hasn't really had that ever since then. Portland wanted to use him as a wing. They tried to make him their answer at small forward. That didn't work. Uh, Atlanta didn't really play him a whole lot. Um, and so I, I've i long had Evan Turner circled on on and on my list of free agent targets that the Warriors should go after. Mm-hmm. I think he would be a perfect fit. I, I think you could do a lot worse on the minimum. And by the way, if you sign him on a veteran minimum, like if it doesn't work out, you just you move on. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But he's the sort of guy that I, I think that this Warriors team is missing where I think Della Vadova is too one-dimensional defensively where you're he could probably guard maybe two positions, but he's genuinely small. Um, and I don't trust him switching against forwards where I do trust Evan Turner switching against forwards. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why I like Evan Turner also is because not just defensive versatility, but he's big enough that if Jordan Poole does work out as the backup point guard, then you could have him play the two. And obviously he's not yeah. a, an ideal fit as the two because of his three-point shooting. But let's say Jordan Poole's three-point shooting gets better or, or whatever it is. And that's also part of why I went with you know guys you could get on the veteran minimum, maybe smaller names, because they're still going to want Jordan Poole to be that guy. It's just whether or not he can do it or not. Uh, we like what we've seen so far, but again, he'll be a second-year player. Uh, taking on you know a backup point guard role on a team with playoff aspirations so they'll give him a shot but again it's not a lock that it works out so having a guy like Evan Turner you know a a veteran uh, we talked about his flaws but a veteran you know legit NBA player that can come in and take over if need be or just take the spot completely Uh, you know who knows yeah um, I mean would be a good, good thing to have no that's a key point that I think you hit on too is that his his ability to play a couple of different positions doesn't doesn't mean that you are handcuffing Jordan Poole's development or anybody else's development, right? You're not handcuffing Damian Lee's minutes. You're not like, cause he could play so many different spots. I mean, that is very much like what Sean Livingston did, right? I mean, there were times where he was playing the three next to Steph, mm-hmm. like oftentimes next playing the three next to Steph and clay. Uh, Evan Turner can do a little bit of that. He can handle the ball for you. He, and I think that's what this team really needs is just veteran ball handlers guys who in a playoff setting you trust to just do the right thing with the ball. I don't think that this team has a whole lot of those guys. And yeah. that to me would be what I'm looking for. That is something that they lost uh, in this, you know, rebuilding. They lost Iguodala, Livingston, Durant. Uh, they And ball handlers is a big, it's one of those underrated things. Like obviously you want as many shooters as possible, but if you don't have any ball handlers, then who's going to get the ball to the shooter? You know, it's right. it's something that I think, in the same way, you can't have enough ball handlers, you can't have enough shooters, and they're lacking that right now. I mean, Jordan Poole has been a nice surprise, um, but again, second-year player. You know, we've seen guys who like Pat McCaw and Jordan Bell who had promising rookie years and then plateaued or got worse. So, not that I'm saying that that's going to happen with Poole, but you just you can't you can't bank on a second-year player. Um, so, I, I like the Evan Turner addition. I, I hope that's something that works out because I do think that's something that they also need. It's not just a, right. a luxury. And, and, you know, guys like Evan Turner, just like with Sean Livingston, Andre Godala, their games get better when you play them next to Steph and Clay because there's so much spacing now on the floor. They, that The lack of shooting is less of an issue where, you know, it was more of an issue in other stops. I mean, I, I think of Ricky Rubio as a guy who they ought to be targeting with the, the traded player exception. And I put that out there in a mailbag earlier this year, and I got a lot of flack, not only from fans, but like people around the Warriors, not like working for the Warriors, but people, other people who cover the Warriors, I should say, yeah. giving me crap about like, 
why I thought Ricky Rubio would be a good fit. And I was like, because he does all the other things that you need a player to do. I mean, if, if it like based on like if the Warriors were to sign Sean Livingston or Andre, Andre Guadalla now, people would question it because they can't shoot. And we mm-hmm. look and we and we saw how that turned out. And I think that's what they're missing. And I think you know the point you made where three point shooting is obviously at a premium in today's game. Uh, the ball handling aspect is often forgotten and is is one of the more important things that a team can have. And I think with a guy like Evan Turner, a lot of Warriors fans are probably just rolling their eyes because they've seen what Evan Turner has done in other places and they see that he can't shoot. And it's like, oh, if he can't shoot, then he shouldn't be a part of this thing. And I do think there are things that he does well. Like, theoretically, and as a prototype, he fits exactly what the Warriors should be looking for. Not He's not going to be the solution to all their problems, but they need a guy like that. Definitely. And the other thing is, yeah, if you put him out there with four other non-shooters, it's going to look really bad. But you get him out there with Steph and Clay, or, you know, Michael Mulder, if Jordan Poole works out, uh, if his shot starts falling, you know, however you want to, whatever lineup you want to put out there, you get him out there with more shooters, it's going to be better than than not. You know, you don't have to yeah. uh, have a jump shot. It obviously helps. It's obviously something every player wants. But if you get the right lineup around him or with him, uh, not that you're building around Evan Turner, but you get the right lineup out there with him, you know, he can be a above average player. Yeah, that's what we saw in Boston, right? It was him and a bunch mm-hmm. of shooters. And I, I think that's what works. And then when it comes to Della Vadova, uh, I, I think that backup point guards, I think fans give a, apply too much value to a backup point guard because yeah. the, th- the thing is with, with traditional point guards is they can really only guard one position if they're lucky. Like if they're good defensively, they can only guard. Most point guards in the league can't even guard a position, right? They're, they They are a negative even guarding other point guards. Mm-hmm. And so what – how do you counteract that by being above average to elite offensively, which obviously Steph Curry is. And there's a reason why the Warriors defensively have been so good over the years. Well, there's a lot of reasons. One of the reasons is because when Steph was off the floor, they never played a traditional point guard. And a lot of fans complained about that. Oh, there's no traditional point guard when Steph isn't on the floor. I would not call Sean Livingston, by the way, a traditional point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always like Sean Livingston, Andre Goodell, and Draymond Green handling uh, – you know, the the facilitating duties. And the reason for that is because they are so versatile defensively that you're willing to take a little bit off the table as far as just having a uh, a pure veteran ball handler. You're willing to take a little bit of that off the table in order to add a lot of defensive versatility. And you're just not going to find a lot of backup point guards who are elite offensively. That's why a guy like Lou Williams is so valuable for the Clippers is because he is legitimately elite offensively, as bad as he is defensively that you can deal with it. But there's very few Lou Williams around. That's why he's won like seven, six-man-of-the-year awards. But uh, you're not going to find that guy for the Warriors. And if you're the Warriors, I would say don't look for that guy. I would say look no. for – just don't even go after backup point guard. You, I think you need to continue to handle that position by committee. And if Jordan Poole can can get to that level, then you let him. But everybody I talk to in the Warriors, they're very bullish on Jordan Poole. But they don't think that he's ready for that next year unless he takes some sort of extreme leap. I think they, they like his long-term outlook as a backup point guard, but not yet, not right now. Yeah, yeah, and that's why Evan Turner, I think, is a good fit. And that's also why I pick guys like Della Vadova and Turner to where if Jordan Poole works out, Turner can play other positions. If Jordan Poole worked out, you're fine with Della Vadova being the 15th man or, or whatever. Right. So I, I do, but I am high on the Turner addition if, if that's something that they can make happen because, you know, in the mold, like we said, of – Andre or Sean Livingston is is kind of what he is and I I think that's just 
something that they're missing. Uh, the glue guy, basically, is is right. the best way to put it, uh, which is kind of ill-defined, but that's what he is, and I think that's something that they've been missing, you know, this these 65 games or whatever. We'll check the Twitter polls next. This is Locked on Warriors. Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Surface. Introducing Microsoft Surface Laptop Go. Available in three colors, its thin light design, built-in HD camera, and touchscreen turns any space into your workspace. More at surface.com slash laptop go. Support for this podcast comes from State Farm. Here with good news and even better news. The good news? State Farm has new lower car insurance rates. The even better news? That means you can now get the service and convenience of a local State Farm agent at surprisingly great rates. State Farm can help you save more cash and get the good neighbor service you deserve. Just talk to your local State Farm agent or visit statefarm.com to find out how much you can save on your car insurance. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Lockdown Warriors on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. If you're on iTunes, rate us, review us, say nice things about us. When we get done here, you can tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of the other Locked On Network podcasts, including Locked On NBA. Let's check the Twitter polls. Um, Charles, I'm going to recycle a few that I used earlier this week because I want to get your opinion. The first one is, are you drinking more? 40% of the audience said yes. 60% of the audience said no. I'll be specific here. Uh, in that I didn't ask if you were drinking more alcohol, even though that's kind of why I implied, <laughs> but you can kind of take this in any direction. Uh, yeah, I am. I'm drinking more alcohol and that's not <laughs> a, uh, you know, I'm a guy who doesn't drink regularly. Like when I go out or something, I will. Um, but you know, after I think on the 13th day, I, you know, I'll have a couple glasses of wine now and, uh, you know, or, you know, a, a vodka tonic or something. Um, but it's not like as if I was a big drinker before or anything, uh, more of a well, social drinker. But yeah, I am. I am drinking more for sure. But I was wondering if uh, the people who said no, almost 60% of our audience who said no, are, are saying they're not drinking more because they're not drinking all that much or they're not drinking more because they had walked into this quarantine, yeah. basically having already been drinking a lot. And so yeah. there was uh, so that could kind of go in any direction. I don't know. I think it's probably a mix. About those people, what kind of wine do you drink? Red wine or white wine? Uh, I prefer red, but you know, at this point, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how everybody feels. You know, going on week three, whatever is whatever is there. <laughs> uh, next poll: crunchy or smooth? Fifty percent of the audience say crunchy. Forty-two percent say smooth. Ooh, you know, I. I mean, just to make sure, we're talking peanut butter, right? <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes, that's correct. Um, <laughs> You know, I like to do a mix, honestly. So, like, I prefer crunchy, but if we're talking about, you know, efficiency in the spread, creamy spreads better. So, like, if you can get Jif creamy and crunchy, you know, then you're covering every inch of the bread. And then, you you know, a little bit of crunchy on there, too. Hold on. So, you will actually take two different jars of peanut butter and making your sandwich. You will take two different jars of peanut butter and do a mix of both? Yeah, it's not like doubling up on peanut butter, but it's, you know... I like to cover the bread and then put put a little of the crunchy on. Yeah, yeah. You get I have never of heard of that, but that is genius. That might be the most genius peanut Thank butter and jelly you. thing I've ever heard in my life. I appreciate that. That is, uh, you know, I've never told anyone that. I've some some people have seen me do it, but uh, yeah, give it a shot if you can. If not, if I had to pick one, I'd go creamy. <laughs> Let's uh, get out of here on this one. Is social distancing a great way to get out of plans? Eighty four percent of the audience say yes. Sixteen percent of the audience says no. 
Uh, yeah, it's the only way right now. <laughs> it is the only I, way. I, uh, you know, it's canceling plans. One of the best things in the world, honestly. You know, <laughs> uh, I can't. Will you be using uh, social distancing as an excuse in the future when, if and when all of this is over? Will you just say, "Look, I, I still have a little uh, PTSD over the whole thing, so I'm not going to be going out with you tonight." I'm oh, just, definitely. I'm, but but okay. that. I feel like that as a time frame, you know, like I have to use it when I still can. So there is a certain statute of limitations. Yeah, exactly. Once we get past it, I think you can still use it for a couple months. Um, So take advantage of it because, you know, like a year after we get past it, uh, which can't wait. Thank you for everyone that's doing the work to uh, make sure we do. Um, You know, once a year passes, you definitely can't, you know, you're you're just going to have to go out. You're yeah, gonna have to be social. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, I am. I have reacted surprisingly well to being by myself for as long as I am now, and not having to go outside right. for as outside as I was throughout the basketball season. I've shocked myself and surprised myself. I don't know, pleasantly or not. I don't know what it says about me, but I'm very <laughs> comfortable not seeing anybody. Um, that'll do it for us today. Thanks for listening, and please do stay inside. San Jose Sharks hockey is back, and we've got you covered five days a week at Locked On Sharks. I'm Kyle Demetrius. I'm J.D. Young. I'm Eric Fowl. Together, we make sure you're never without your Sharks programming. Will the Sharks make a trade for a right winger? We got you covered. Will Eric Carlson's groin hold up for the entire season? We've got you covered. Whatever happens with Team Teal every day, we've got you covered at Locked On Sharks five days a week on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you are looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.